Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 894. Firmly believe that you got to get out of, out of your comfort zone to really uh, learn and put yourself out there and, and give yourself a chance to fail if you fail, but uh, learn the lessons from it and, and build yourself back up to accomplish what you want to accomplish. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Brad Littlefield. Hey, Brad, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Oh, yeah, I'm excited. Let's do this. All right. Well, anybody who's uh, hanging out at Laguna Seca better be buckled up because that is a fun place. Brad Littlefield is the public relations manager from Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca. His late father, Mert, was a supercharger manufacturer and drag racer who ran nitro funny cars in the 70s and 80s, winning titles in top alcohol funny cars in the 90s and 2000s. Brad earned his competition license in alcohol funny cars, posting the best time of six seconds running 243.96 miles per hour in the quarter mile oh my gosh i can't imagine going that fast today he's the car chief and clutch mechanic on a nostalgia nitro funny car driven by jason rupert who's a six-time champion winner at 11 years old Brad started his own newsletter at the NHRA Drag Races, launching his passion for writing and promoting. He's worked at the National Hot Rod Association, and his role now at Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca involves coordinating the media efforts for their many racing events at that iconic track in California. And I got a chance to meet Brad in person when I was down there for the Monterey Historic Races this past summer. A great guy. He was very helpful to me in helping me uh, find the right direction. I was trying to locate some things while I was down there. Uh, it was really nice to see you, Brad. I've told our listeners a little bit about you, so take a moment to share a little bit more about yourself, your career, and your passion for automobiles before we jump into some of my questions. Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, you, you got the overview right there, but I, I just grew up around it. Uh, I probably you know, was introduced more to the, the people around it um, as, you know, I was struggling along to all these drag races with my dad and yeah. and came in on that end. And the passion for the cars itself, I think, really started maybe later on as, as a young teenager when, when I was old enough to really get my hands on it and, you know, take things apart, put them back together and, and see the results of it and, and kind of feel the pride of a, a job well done when you complete a big task and the car runs fine and get a good time slip of it. Uh, that kind of ignited my passion for cars. And I got into it on the media end for kind of journalism, now PR. And uh, I, I joke with people that I got better grades in English than I did in shop, and which led me down that path. But I, I still get my hands dirty any chance I get. Yeah, it sounds like it. And tell our listeners just kind of quickly here, when you think about drag racing, for those of us that have never had that opportunity, so much time and effort goes into the preparations for six seconds, maybe a little longer, maybe a little faster, depending yeah. on the car. What is it like to go that fast, That I mean, down that straightaway? Do you have any time to even think, or is it just all reactionary to experience? Uh, I think when you initially start, it's you hit the throttle, do everything in the routine you set for yourself, and 
ask yourself at the other end, what, what the heck just happened there? <laughs> yeah. Uh, eventually, your 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 mind catches up to you, and and you see guys who've done it a long time, and they could talk to you for six hours about a you know five second run. Yeah. And uh, all the all the little things they noticed happened there. And it, it seems like forever ago, and when I had the opportunity to do that, but it was uh well, just really an incredible experience. I mean, it just puts you back in the seat so fast and. Eventually, toward the end of a run, your mind kind of catches up, and, and it's easy, but it's it's that very first uh, acceleration part that really uh, gets your attention. Yeah, I'll let our listeners know, if you've never been to a drag race, and if it's something you don't think you're interested in, you, you really need to give yourself that gift to go once and just experiencing it because it, it just literally sucks the breath out of your lungs when those cars go by. It'll just blow you away. It's so cool. My dad used to take me up to Orange County Raceway, the drag races up there when I was a kid growing up in Southern California, and it was just so exciting. Well, as we continue on your journey, Brad, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that has great meaning for you. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires smoking here on Cars. Yeah, so Brad, take the the wheel well the the old one of you, you got to risk it for the biscuit i mean uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's been, been said before but uh you know i firmly believe that you got to get out of out of your comfort zone to really uh learn and put yourself out there and and give your chance to self a chance to fail if you fail but uh, learn the lessons from it and, and build yourself back up to accomplish what you want to accomplish you gotta risk it for the biscuit you're the first guy to use that quote i've not heard that in a long <laughs> time you know it really goes back to yeah if you want something that you've got to take a chance you got to try something and stepping out of that comfort zone is the key comment there for any way in life to get yourself further down the road well Let's go back in time, and you kind of already answered this. I mean, growing up with a dad who was a drag racer, alcohol runs through your veins, and it's it's not the kind of alcohol you drink, but it's that uh, power that goes behind those cars. Is there a pivotal moment, though, in your life when you realize that you'd like to follow along in your dad's footsteps as far as being a car guy? Uh, there, there were several. Uh, I, I, you know, at one point, while my dad was actively competing, I mean, that's that's all I, I wanted to do. I just wanted to be a driver, and particularly drive with the the family team. But I think the real eye opening part of of testing myself and finding out how bad I wanted to to be involved in the sport is when family got out of it at the end of 2007, and I was kind of kind of left at a, a crossroads, or I, I was so wrapped up in in the sport and racing and um you know what what was i going to do to continue i mean i was i was working at nhra at the time and and doing that but uh i mean that's what kind of went off on my own i I found another buddy who was uh racing in in the same class and he had no help outside of uh outside of his parents so you know i i kind of got thrown into the fire a little bit just learning a lot of things on on the car that I'd, i'd never done before and and I really got into the mechanical aspect of it. And uh, following that, I mean, the driving part of it wasn't as important to me anymore after sensing and feeling the results that, you know, just the hard work that gets put in. I mean, I've never been kind of a glory guy or, or needed the, the pat on the back. I just, I, I like to be part of it and, you know, be part of a team. 
Well, you're definitely part of a great team there at uh, Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca because uh, being at an iconic track like that and being part of promoting all the fantastic events that happen there definitely puts you in that right spot. Well, let's take a look at some of the challenge or maybe failures that you've met along the way. I'd love for you to take us to one of those times that was a real a real challenge for you. Walk us through that. But of course, the most important part of these things is what they teach us. So uh, take us down that journey. Oh man, there's um, almost every every success begins with a failure of some kind or another. I, I, I firmly believe that. Going through um, through the racing side of it, I mean, the car that I helped um, it was around 2008, 9, 10. I mean, we did didn't really have the the success that we wanted, but when he folded up to move on to another category, and I moved on to. Um, my friend Jason Rupert, who's running a nostalgia nitro funny car. I mean, he never really had the means to or resources to be a you know supremely competitive, well competitive participant in the alcohol funny car class. But it seemed like he had an idea of what to do with the nitro stuff, and I, I believed in it, or, or at least was curious enough to want, want to flesh it out. And you know, I, I helped him out, and he ended up, I mean, really running strong uh, right out of the gate, even though came out with ideas that were just different from what was the prevailing thoughts at the time. He had a bigger cubic inch motor than somewhere running, which no one thought would work, and did this and this with the uh, nitro percentage, and, and just tried to run the car differently than what some of the more successful people were doing, and eventually went from being laughed at, prodded at a little bit, to where people were changing their combinations to try to be like ours, and ended up winning uh, you know six consecutive championships in the first six years of that car. Now, that sounds more like a success story to me. So maybe you could dig a little deeper into what were the big challenges that you guys faced trying to get to that? I mean, the big challenge was uh, just the, the change itself. It was a big risk. We kind of converted an alcohol funny car from a nostalgia nitro funny car. I mean, just totally doing something we, I don't know, we weren't even sure about. We had a, a uh, supporter who was encouraging us to go to that class and, um, at first, you know, decided, all right, let's kind of make this car so we can go back and forth. We can maybe switch between races if we wanted to. But as soon as, you know, pulled the plug wire on it for the first time and heard it cackle, it's like, this is what we want to do now. You know, that, that mm-hmm. kind of thunder and nitro was uh, pretty addicting. I mean, challenges along the way. One of the reasons we were running a bigger cubic inch motor was because we get would get hand-me-down parts, basically, from all these... Um, professional uh, nitro dragster and nitro funny car teams mm-hmm. and we get these welded up blocks or blocks with holes in it that you know we would weld up ourselves and <laughs> we just anytime we needed to change anything not everything was totally the same we'd have to kind of mix, mix or match and you know all of a sudden you'd change motors put a set of heads on and deck heights are different and there's try to warm it up and there's oil running down the side of it but uh you know eventually we're able to get everything uniform and get some uh, support and, you know, be able to make it somewhat more of a professional outfit. Well, it sounds like what I, and I hear this from the many hundreds of racers I've had on the show, is it's always money. Money is always tied in racing without big sponsors. Very, very challenging to do. So it sounds like you guys figured out a way around those problems, did whatever it took, hand-me-down parts, fixed parts yourselves, just kind of tape things together, if you will, and uh, bailing wire and passion, and that's how you made it all happen. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I just always believe in looking for possibilities rather than focusing on limitations. I mean, 
look around the sport. I mean, everybody wants more money. I mean, there, there's a lot of you know low buck operations, but I mean, even if John Force and drag racing or Roger Pinsky, if you ask them, they could certainly would like to have or could use more money for their outfits. So it's just you know, it, it never ends on that spectrum. You just got to kind of do the best with uh, what you have to work with, find a way. <laughs> yes. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. It's kind of a time when you realize, ah, this is the path that I need to go down. It sounds like you've had a couple going from racing and then NHRA and then at Mazda Raceway. So what's your aha moment? Yeah, I mean, yeah, going back to even, you know, as, as a kid when I was 11, 12 years old, keeping, basically keeping stats for all these racers and, uh, putting it out together in a newsletter, just got so much positive feedback from that. And uh, the aha moment I got there at a really young age is just to go with what you're, you're passionate about and, and people seem to respond. That's something that's been, I could see that consistently going down the road, and whether I was, I was writing about drag racing or um, being uh, here at the track now at Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca. I mean, I, I love this place, love this area. I've really kind of ingratiated myself in the in the road racing here, and uh, I, I think that shows you can't really fake off authenticity. Absolutely. How about a proudest career moment? I would assume you've had many of those over time. Is there one that stands out? I mean, as far as recently, the Rolex Monterey Motorsports reunion this year, standing at, at the end of that race on Sunday is, is such a big production. We do get some help from HMSA, Chris Vandergris outfit. It's not one of those races where a sanctioning body just comes in and takes over. I mean, it's a, it's a scramp production through and through. And I, I see at the office, I mean, everyone here just works 365 days a year on this one particular event. For me to step in my first year and do my part to make it a successful race, one that's uh, nominated for Motorsport Event of the Year at uh, this year's Octane Awards, that was just huge for me. It's such a big undertaking and and, uh, such a big sense of accomplishment when it was all said and done and you saw how happy everyone was with the event. Yeah, uh, this was my 25th or, I don't know, 26th year in a row going to those races. They're always very well done. Awesome, fun things. So, uh, Devin, congratulations to you and your team for pulling off a massive event like that. Let's go back in time and talk about your first really special car, vehicle, bike, motorcycle, whatever that might be, and maybe share a memory about that car. Well, one that really just sticks out in my heart is the, the Chevy S10, just single cab truck I had is a 92 uh, I bought when I was 16. What was special about that to me is that at 15 and a half years old, I was able to purchase that myself by doing the newsletter going up. I'd been sending that out to 300 some odd subscribers and my parents encouraged me and were kind enough to pay for kind of postage and expenses and stuff like that. I was a much better saver back then than I am right now because I didn't <laughs> have very many uh, go fast hobbies. But Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, just, just doing that and, and it is a simple car, but it had the, had the wheels and tires on it and the exhaust and, and, uh, care of it to get pride in it. All the stuff kids put on their first cars. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Now, how about a seller's remorse story? You're, you're a young guy, but is there a car that you've let go that you wish you had back in your garage? My, uh, dad's last stop alcohol funny car. I just put so much time and work and, and loving that thing um and it uh you know 2007 at the end of the year the u.s dollar took a hit so right after our last race with it in pomona this gentleman from australia i mean purchased everything lock stock and barrels and it down there and um 
It had mostly been sitting uh, this time, but kind of John Canuli took the body off of it last year, put on his car, and made the, the quickest run in the history of the class at 5.3 seconds. So it still wow. kind of floats around and exists. But I mean, that, that chassis we had, uh, we'd front halved it, freshened it up, done a lot of work to it, but it had been the same actual car from 1995 to 2007. And, um, just everything had changed around it, but you know, that particular car is just you know very integral in my life. No doubt. Well, tell our listeners about what you guys are doing that has you fired up at Laguna Seca Mazda Raceway. What are some of the many things we can look forward to moving into uh, the first part or even the middle of next year? A lot of stuff going on. Uh, the biggest change for next year on the schedule is the addition of a portrait of Rinsport Reunion 6. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's the only one. Uh, most of the ticket sales for our event uh, start in December, but uh, this one we, we had moved up to October. They're on sale now, and they're already keeping our event ticketing staff uh, very, very busy. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I'll be there, too. <laughs> That's very exciting, and and, and really, there's, there's a whole month period between uh, the Royal Monterey Motorsports Reunion, uh, Continental Tire Monterey Grand Prix featuring the America's Tire 250 and uh, Porsche Rinsport Reunion 6. It's just going to be a flurry of activity over here at the racetrack. Oh, I can't wait. There's so many cool things there. That track I love because that's where I went and got my racing license at with the, the driving school there. It's just so much fun. I love driving that track. It's a great venue. Well, if you were a car, Brad, what kind of car would you be and why? <laughs> well, I, I'd like to, uh, I don't know, th think I'd be something that wasn't too flashy, but uh, had a lot of uh, horsepower uh, under the hood when, when when you needed it. Something, uh -huh. something pretty dependable. Yeah, I think if I was if I was a car, I might be like a, a Chevelle SS. I mean, something you kind of. I, I'm probably a bit of a throwback to that era, the kind of American uh, muscle car era, and. Being from Southern California, involved in drag racing and uh, hot rods and things like that, I think that kind of suits me. And not that sporty, but it's got uh, got some good horsepower and something you can rely on. There you go, perfect. Well, right up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior? is with a car cover. I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me 
with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, Brad, we are back, and we're entering the last lap. Mosh, you live at a racetrack, basically. You know what that means. The checkered flag is getting ready to wave, so you got to put your foot into it. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. Okay. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? The best advice I've ever received is not to let people set your limitations. I think, uh, especially tuning a car-wise, uh, most of the things I've learned is uh, learn through failure. Even if someone says, oh, you can't run that amount of ignition or do this or that, sometimes if you do, and even if it's wrong, you might learn that going the opposite way helps, or you just learn something about the characteristics of the car that uh, you can take with you forever. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your successes over the years? Uh, just being a, a listener, I think. <laughs> if you just let people talk, you uh, can uh, pull a whole lot out of them. And, and uh, uh, being a, a perceptive person instead of uh, judgmental, I take in ideas that might not necessarily be uh, be popular or what I thought before. Exactly. I was taught years ago, ask a great questions and then close your mouth and listen. <laughs> you can learn an awful <laughs> lot that way. I do that all day long here on Cars, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, you should be a podcast host. Oh, well, maybe I'll think about that. <laughs> do you have a resource <laughs> that you'd like to share with our listeners that you find really great? Oh, uh, one resource I, I like a lot is a website called airdensityonline.com. Whether I'm looking at race results or even if I'm at the track and I have, you know, a more elaborate weather setup, it's something I, I like to check. It's got pretty accurate uh, weather details for pretty much any track in America, road course, drag strip, anything. Very cool. Now, if I could arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive field or industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? I think Paul Newman would be a cool one. And I recently watched uh, Adam Carolla's documentary on him. He's someone I wish I got the chance to chat with when he was alive. Uh, yeah, yeah. He sounds and seems like a very uh, interesting guy. Matt DeAndrea and Adam Carolla, I've had them both on the show. They put that uh, wonderful documentary together. It was really, really intriguing and interesting. Uh, he was a true racer through and through. Is there a book that you'd like to share with our listeners that you found very compelling? Uh, the most recent one I, I read that I couldn't put down is uh, Norm DeWitt, who's uh, been in our media center quite a bit this year. He wrote a book about 10 years ago called uh, Motorcycle Grand Prix Racers of the American Heroes. and mm. It's just all about the uh, motorcycle Grand Prix racers and uh, superbike racers. Um, that were born in America. And it was one of those books, less than 200 pages. It's kind of an art to writing when you're trying to create something that's a comprehensive history and yet make it, you know, fun and readable. And uh, he, he really pulled it off. I, uh, within a span of three days, I couldn't put it down cover to cover. Nice. That's the first time that book's been recommended here. And I'll remind our listeners, you can find all these great resources that Brad has shared on his show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Just go to carsyeah.com. Type in Brad Littlefield, and you will find everything there with uh, easy access, easy clicks to links. All right, we're up to the checkered flag, Brad, and this last question, it could be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you any cool collector car in the world today. doesn't matter what it is. doesn't matter what it costs. 
what would that car be? And more importantly, why? When I was uh, younger, it seemed like the movie Tucker with Jeff Bridges was on TBS just on a loop all the time, kind of like Shawshank Redemption is now. And uh, my uncle, George Cheadle, had talking, taken me out to the uh, Palm Springs Air Museum and the, the collector there, he had one. And I don't know, I was just kind of amazed by it. It seems like most most cars that are made to be, I want to say overly futuristic, but that come up with totally new concepts, sometimes they don't age that well. But uh, th- that car I've always just been fascinated with. I thought it was ahead of its time. So the Tucker 48, that infamous car that um, Mr. Tucker built. Yeah, Preston Tucker. And, you know, I had um, his grandson, Sean, on the show here on Cars Yeah. And you'll have to go back and listen to that show if you haven't listened to it because it's a really interesting story. And then Rob Ida, who's also been a guest of Builder, is actually building the Tucker Torpedo right now, which is a car that uh, Tucker designed but was never built. So you'll need to follow him, too, and see what he's up to, because the Tucker Torpedo was an even more outlandish car from the Tucker 48. Tucker, there's one here at the uh, my local museum, the LeMay America's Car Museum, which is pretty cool, that uh, Harold LeMay bought years ago. So maybe I could convince them to let it go. Probably not, but uh, I'll work on that for you. Well, Brad, that's an interesting selection. You've taken us on a great ride today. I knew being at Laguna Seca, this would be a fun journey. I've really enjoyed getting to know you a little bit better today. And I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with the Cars Yeah listeners and with me. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off down the racetrack there at Laguna Seca in your very own Tucker 48? <laughs> yeah, someday, someday there may be uh, lottery winning numbers involved in uh, that scenario. But uh, <laughs> I'm working on that too. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think uh, mainly a uh, word of advice to just follow your passion, whether it's cars or whatever it is. And uh, it's cliche, but yeah, you, you do what you love and uh, you'll never have to work a, a day in your life. And I think being around the uh, automotive racing world in whatever capacity it may be in is something that. Uh, that I wish to continue on for as long as I can. There you go. And what's the best way for our listeners to follow along and learn more about what's happening there at Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca? Yeah, MazdaRaceway.com is also on all the uh, social media. You have Facebook.com slash Mazda Raceway. Twitter is at Mazda Raceway. And uh, Instagram is at Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca. Follow me on either at, at Little Bradfield on Instagram or Twitter. Great. Awesome. Well, listeners, again, you can find everything Brad has shared on his show notes page at the Cars Yeah website. Just go there and type Brad in the search bar and his page will pop right up. If you've never been to Laguna Seca Raceway, Mazda Raceway, I should say, you need to go. You need to check it out, whether it's the historic races, MotoGP, race cars, the Ren Sport coming up next year. It's a wonderful venue. It's a great track. So many cool places to walk and watch the cars go around. Check it out. Brad, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. All right. You got it, Mark. Had a lot of fun. Thank you. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material 
and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!